Our Bible reading is James chapter 1, 18 to 27. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, John. You might like to keep your Bible open there if you have one with you. Uh, How about we pray again? Uh, Heavenly Father, we we, want to thank you again for John's willingness to share. Uh, And just as we have listened to him, uh, we pray that now you would have us listen carefully to you. Amen. Sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we begin our service, the more formal part of our time together on a Sunday afternoon, by usually me saying something like, when God speaks, stuff happens. God speaks creation into being. And God speaks salvation into action. And we usually begin with the Bible. Liz began with the Bible for us this afternoon because we're only ever responding to God's word. We read and we we respond in prayer and in song and and eventually on a Sunday evening we we leave here responding to God's word with lives of of worship and, and praise to God. In the beginning God spoke, the response, creation. We read Genesis 1, 3, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And Christians, we we carry around this Bible with us, don't we? And we call it God's Word, written by real people, of course, in time and and space, Uh, but dual-authored. The person in time and space this afternoon was was James around 48 AD, we think is best, writing to, to believers scattered due to Jewish persecution, but dual authored. And so also, as Paul puts it in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is literally God-breathed, is breathed out by God. It's God's word. And we're only ever responding to God's word. If you're someone who's put your trust in Jesus, it's that you heard God's word, isn't it? The message of Jesus, the, the gospel of your salvation and your response having heard of this King Jesus who entered the mess of this world and died in your place and rose again, your response was 
to turn to him in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of your sins. Responding to God's word. Now, I say this to start uh, because our passage this afternoon is about this, isn't it? God's word. You, you see verse 18 in, in your Bible there. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. The second half of verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Verse 22, the kid spot, do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. You see, God speaks and stuff happens. We're only ever really responding to God's word. And I reckon there's going to be three points to this talk. Listening to God's word, accepting God's word, obeying God's word. But before we get there, we need to remind each other, don't we, that that this is a letter that is addressed to believers. Brothers and sisters, says James, over and over again, people who already have that profession of faith, they've sung this I believe, so to speak, with all sincerity. That verse 18 of chapter 1, though, is really key in this letter that is James. See it again. He, that's God, chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And you notice as you read its past tense, he chose to give us birth. God has given the reader on view new birth. He's done it. And it was his initiative. And it is his word that gives this birth. I don't think this is creation on view but the recreation activity that is salvation, the the regenerative work of God's word. It might remind you of uh, John chapter 3, where that guy, that Jewish teacher, Nicodemus, he goes to Jesus at night and he says, Teacher, we know you must be from God, for no one can work these miracles that you're working if they were not from God. And Jesus says to him, something surprising, He says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And what is on view is this spiritual birth given through, James says, the word. God the Holy Spirit breathing life into us. We don't ever divorce the word and the the spirit. The Bible doesn't. But James' emphasis here is on the word, isn't it? The word the agent of creation, the agent of salvation. And it might remind you of Ezekiel chapter 37, where Ezekiel, he he has this vision and he sees a, a valley of dry, dead bones. And these bones, they're brought to life. How? Through the word and the spirit. God's initiative a spiritual from death to life. The second half of verse 18, it reads that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. This is a a common way in the New Testament to refer to believers that that the first fruits of the crop, though, for the Jews, they were to be set apart for the Lord. And so here we have The believer, having been given new birth through the word, the the word of truth, the gospel, 
and set apart to God. Having been given this new birth, we're set apart to him, for him. We've been given new life to be with him. Our great motive becomes to be more like Christ. And that's why, isn't it, that the parent can say to the school leaver, heading off to university or heading off to to fulfil some dream or another, leaving home to experience all that the world can offer. You you picture the scene, the cars all loaded up, uh, the swags in there ready to go and all the other things. And the young adult is dreaming about the possibilities, career success, the, the partying, Freedom to be finally your own person, flying the nest. And before that car door slams shut, the parent says, remember, you remember success in the Christian life, it's character development. That is Christian maturity, being more and more like Christ, King Jesus. And this is how, as we saw last week, if you were Here we can consider our trials with joy for we know that God can use them. Testing of our faith, perseverance, Christian maturity. It's easier when trials come to become angry, bitter or to numb ourselves. But given this new birth through the word of truth, we can say no to the lingering sinful nature and be growing to maturity as God is at work in us and we can have a new perspective even on our trials. The word is our subject. I wonder too if there is that thread of trials still running through the text at this point. Anyway, this will be our first point. That was a long introduction, sure. Uh, Point one, listen to the word. Verse 19 and 20. Look there, I'll read. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, take it here that the righteousness that James has on view is Christian maturity, being more and more like Jesus. And for this, our listening, our speaking, a key, it's hard to listen when you're speaking, is it not? It's hard to listen while you're all revved up angry too. The commentators are divided as to whether the listening here is specifically referenced to listening to God's word, listening to him speak, or whether James has just included this general wisdom saying, In any case, um, as Moitier puts it, the blunt fact is that our life with God is not something segregated to be restricted to quiet times and insulated from our life with people. If we don't have an attentive ear in the ordinary circumstances of life, We do not become different people when we shut the door and open the Bible. And James is not saying here that anger is always wrong. There are times when anger is appropriate, but for us perhaps most of the time it is inappropriate as our anger is often 
filled with our selfishness, our stubbornness, our intolerance. So I ask, are you a good listener? Well, James is asking that really, isn't he? Or are you busy talking and getting all wound up? Listening to the word, listening to those around us. I am... I've really been enjoying reading Eugene Peterson's, some of Eugene Peterson's books lately. And Eugene Peterson uh, often writes about the pastoral context, the local church context. Uh, and part of his view of doing pastoral ministry is listening to God's word, listening to people, and turning it to prayer. I think that'd be great if we could be doing that as a community, hey? We've listened to John, heard his story. We listen to God's word, we turn it to prayer. We listen to the the struggles that someone is facing and we bring God's word to bear in prayer. Anyway, listening to the word, that's the first point. The second point, accepting the word. Uh, You see verse 21, I'll read. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. It's an interesting verse, isn't it? Uh, You've been given this new birth through the word of truth. You're listening to the word. Part of accepting it is, says James, a continual getting rid of, a, a putting off of the old self. Get rid of the the moral filth, the lingering sinful nature that ultimately won't die until Jesus' return. And so we say to ourselves, that's not who I am anymore, over and over again. Get away. (laughs) Put it off. That's not who I am. Get rid of it. Uh, In other parts of the Bible, say Ephesians and Colossians and elsewhere, when talking about this, it's a putting off of the old, isn't it? And a putting on of the new, you picture clothes, off with the old, on with the new. But here, notice, put off, get rid of, and humbly accept the word planted in you. On this, Doug Moo says, the Christian must not think that he is done with the word of God after it has saved him. The word becomes a a permanent, inseparable part of the Christian, a commanding and guiding presence within him. The command to receive the implanted word is not a command to be converted, but to accept its precepts as binding and seek to live by them. And without the humility we see there in verse 21... We might arrogantly push back against God as he gives us his instructions and say, I don't want to do it that way, God. I'm right and you're wrong. But having been given this new birth, we get rid of the old and we humbly accept his way, his direction, his wisdom, knowing it's for our best. And we keep on at it. Uh, You you may or may not have been to a group like this. Uh, We call them small groups. 
Uh, it involves other things too, but you picture uh, people sitting around in a circle. Uh, Bibles are open and they're discussing uh, what is read. And through the window, it might, it might look like one of those book clubs, you know, uh, that I wouldn't go to, but it's not Harry Potter being read. Uh, it's God. It's God, the Almighty Creator God, speaking in that lounge room through His Word, the Bible. Yeah, there's a general listening around the circle, you know, and an accepting, yes, yes. Uh, at times there's even lively and interesting discussion. Some people know the big theological words and they, they bring those out and others know the, the historical context and, and that's discussed too. But as people file out, as, as they leave through the door at the end of the night, what happened in that room, it doesn't seem to have any discernible impact. Their view on trials hasn't changed. Their worldview isn't different to anyone else living in the, the region. It's as though what happened in that room didn't happen at all. And it could be the small group, it could be this, well, it could be this room on a Sunday afternoon, couldn't it? And you see that to be a problem. This is our third point, by the way, obeying the word, verse 22 to 27. Just verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I, um, I remember being struck by a bloke's story, a, a Christian bloke, and he met his soon-to-be wife and they had this, this great connection. Uh, together they were really excited about their faith and they just spent hours and hours and hours reading and studying the Bible uh, together. And that's, that's wonderful, isn't it? What a great thing. Uh, but his overall reflection was we were being selfish. It was a great time in the study, but little evidence of a life changed. Because you can go thinking you're a Christian, can't you? Singing, this I believe. You, you sing the confession, I, I go to church. Such a strong warning from James. If your faith is merely listening, you may know your Bible really well. If, if your faith is merely listening, if it's not changing your worldview, if it's not shaping your entire life, is, is it any faith at all? And, and as I say that, I, I remind you that this is a loving, hard word from James to perhaps get us back on track. Don't miss his warmth. You see God's word truly received, it will be seen in practice. And so we, rep we respond, don't we, if, if this is hitting home, with, with repentance and faith. God, I am sorry. Forgive me for my disobedience. You are my king. I want to live for you. Help me listen, accept, and obey. And I want to say, if this is raising concerns for you, I would love to chat to you about that. Look with me, verse 23 to 25. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's dumb, isn't it? Uh, the mirror and the forgetting. Uh, it's dumb. You look in the mirror and then you forget what you look like. It's dumb. The listening to the word, God's word, the almighty creator God, the, the word that gave you birth in the beginning and, and new birth, that spiritual birth, listening to the word and not obeying it, it's dumb. But notice verse 25, but, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, James is referring to God's word there, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So you have this profession of faith, birth through the word of truth, God's initiative. Yes, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. An ongoing listening and accepting. Now do it, says James. Stop mucking around and just get on with it. Live it out. And to finish, we have three forms of obedience to focus on. It's practical, isn't it? And these three will be developed later in the letter. But verse 26, the first one, those who consider themselves religious and you do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. And so we say, well, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, and I really struggle with my speech. So with God's help, I'll be attentive to what I say, slow to speak, repentant. Help me, Lord, as I seek to live for you. The tongue, the, the second the other two, verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. I listen to the word, I accept and obey and so I'll be looking to care for those around me who are in need. Whoever the orphan and the widow in our context today happen to be, it might just be someone, your next door neighbour who's struggling, someone in our church family battling, cook them a meal. I'll be looking to care for those around me in need. And I'll be shaped by the world's wisdom less and less and less and less and less and I'll be shaped by God's wisdom more and more and more and more. Attentive to the tongue, looking to care for those who are in need. And our lifestyle will be different to the world in which we live. It's really challenging, isn't it? When God speaks, stuff happens. And it's marvellous. Creation into being through a spoken word. Salvation into action. You were sitting somewhere maybe and you heard the gospel and he brought you from death to life. God's initiative, birth through the word of truth, listening, accepting, obeying, 
Now, just to finish, um, uh, during her speech to the Australian Medical Association Queensland on Thursday, I don't know if any of you saw this, uh, Dr Young, our our chief uh, health officer, she said uh, she was not surprised COVID-19 was impacting the mental health of young people the most. She said, I think our young people as a generation are really going to struggle She said, if we don't give them some hope and some ability to to enter life, we're just going to be a totally lost generation. They're just going to be a totally lost generation going forward. I think that's where we've got to put as many resources as we can. I was struck by those comments. COVID-19 or otherwise, young or old... A lost generation? Well, that's not our worldview. God gives us the resources that we need to, to be single minded for Him, uh, growing joyfully to maturity in Him. All in the context of this difficult, messy world. So as you walk out this afternoon, you. God speaks and stuff happens. How are you responding to God's word? Listening? Accepting? Obeying? It's exciting to think what he might do among us, don't you think? What he might do in us and among us in those really ordinary ways. How about we pray? Heavenly Father, uh, we want to praise you that you brought creation into being through your word, that you spoke and it happened. And we thank you that you sent your word into this messed up world, the Lord Jesus, to rescue us from the consequence of our sin. We thank you that you bring us to life through him. Lord, we praise you for his sacrificial death. And we want to praise you for the way that you work by your word and spirit, that we hear the truth, that there is a loving, almighty creator God who made us to be with you forever. And we've fallen short of your standard. We've turned aside from you. But in this Jesus, the living word, you deal with our sin. You forgive us. You restore us. You adopt us. You see us as he is. He takes our sin. We get his righteousness. Lord, for this we praise you. We praise you that as we confess our faith, we know that we are secure in Christ. Lord, this afternoon we want to say we're sorry for being inattentive with our ears, unwilling at accepting your word to us. Sometimes, Lord, we just think we know better 
Sometimes we just don't like what you have to say. Lord, forgive us. And with humility, help us to receive your word day after day as we open the scriptures, as we we remind each other of the truth. Help us receive your word humbly and walk in obedience. And our almighty Father, we pray that you would help us. We thank you that you do not leave us alone, but you tell us how to live and you enable us by your spirit. Father, help us walk in step with you for your glory that we might be growing in obedience and that we might be loving it. Amen.